0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Colt Podcast. This is the show before the show. Don't know why I did it different than I normally do. I'm Armando Torres, and with us I have.
1: Pam hey, Wesley.
0: There we go, and that'll make sense in just a few minutes here. <laughs> um yeah we've got a great episode for you you're really gonna love this one or you're gonna see it and be mad about it because your parents are from utah and you lived uh, a fun a fun childhood and went to my high school um i don't i don't know if this is like a weird thing in the neighborhood that i grew up or not but there's just like a huge contingency of mormons and they're all from the same family And they all went to my school. Uh, I mean, obviously, because they're, you know, they live in the same area. They matriculate a lot. Yeah, yeah. To borrow
1: Twilight Parlance, also a Mormon (laughs) entertainment property.
0: (laughs) It is true. When you get horned up like a Mormon does, you invent Twilight. That's the takeaway from this intro. Uh, it's a great episode, though. We're talking about Brigham Young. It's been a long time coming, a very requested episode. We're finally doing it, and we're happy to have you along for the ride. Before we get into it, we have uh, some stuff to tell you. First and foremost, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash um if you want to watch Paige and I do talking about cults, but not in a funny way, you can go watch 2b's documentary, Branded and Brainwashed, all about Nexium. Um and Paige has a bunch of really great shows coming up, so go follow her. Where can people do that,
1: Paige? At Paige Wesley on Twitter and at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Bam! There you go. And without further ado, let's hop into the show.
1: Hello. Hello. Ham. Ham. Don't drink the cool. these, These are, are our, our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley,
0: and I'm Armando Torres.
1: And with us, we have Mormonism. Yeah.
0: Again. Yep.
1: Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: yeah. Unlike the Mormons themselves, there's a lot of different kinds of sex. Hey. Oh. Hey.
1: Oh. Hey.
0: That no, is I, I, a, Mormons
1: yeah. have a wild amount of sex a problematic and troubling amount of sex as we we'll will find out as we get into other ones
0: yeah the thing is is modern day Mormons have a troubling amount of sex because they save it up for so long and then that's why it's like have you ever seen videos of like a dam breaking like the levee slit list what I'm saying is that the Mormons and their horniness is a lot like Katrina. In that it was easily avoidable that those levees shouldn't have broken and also the United States government is no- doing nothing to help them.
1: I feel like horniness is not even scratching the surface of how weird and sexually weird, specifically, Mormon episodes are going to get.
0: <laughs> I feel oh. like you're
1: not ready. Now, I will say there's very little sex in this first one. Okay, And, and again, okay. I should say, we're this is Brigham Young. We covered Joseph Smith. Now we're covering Brigham Young. There is going to be some overlap because today, especially, we're covering Brigham Young's childhood, early adulthood, up until he joins uh, the uh, Latter-day Saints and what that means for the trajectory of his life after. Um, We're going to basically get up to the point of him meeting and joining Joseph Smith. And then from there, we're going to kind of take off for the next ones.
0: Now, I know we're not normally supposed to like the groups that we're covering, um, (laughs) but calling a group the Latter-day Saints does a lot for me in my childhood, which- Because of ladders. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar, (laughs) I used to, and there's not a bit, I used to uh, drink monster, just uh, not drink isn't even the right word, smash. I used to fucking annihilate monster energy drinks and then go in my grandfather's backyard with like, I think a five foot ladder and just climb up. Up, jump off and call myself a daredevil
1: can we make the ladder jump happen this year <laughs> like we have if, tried to do it so many times
0: if we go on the road i will f- first first and foremost find a home depot and uh get well, a okay. ladder
1: we won't be able to pull this off for panic fest which is april 15th uh, uh, what? you see uh, that okay maybe well only because uh you are six foot five Uh the show is in their super cool like retro like video store style basement and i think if we got you one or two steps on a ladder you Mm -hmm. might become too tall for the the building
0: yeah a hundred percent it is a room where like i first of all room killer awesome it's super dope if you haven't seen pictures yet it's even cooler than it was when we were there the first time Uh, but I could jump in that room and hit my head on the ceiling. (laughs) Easily, easily. Yeah, it might not be a part of the official fest. It might be in the parking lot, (laughs) which they don't have. So I mean, on the side of the street, street. (laughs) Kansas City. But also, the thing that worries me is before we started recording, I told you, I confided in you, my knees hurt, and I don't yes. have a reason why. <laughs> they just hurt. I turned 27 and my body went, All right, here we go, buddy. Fuck
1: you. Here you go. You should I try hurt. being 35. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't too bad. To. It happens. <laughs> I uh
0: I, I felt like I was getting really sick today. I, I didn't feel very good. And um like my throat hurts. I've been coughing a lot. And I was wondering like, oh, man, what when could it be like COVID? Like, when could this have happened? I, I like I have a couple of tests that they give us for work that I was like taking. And then I realized no dipshit. You're not sick. You did a voiceover recording where you yep. did. You did a monster voice for an hour. <laughs> so I just kept going. I am entropy, and like over and over, like I'm fucking uh, uh, Cobra Commander, and it will destroy your vocal cords. So I'm not sick. I just I just spoke too much, and now my voice hurts.
1: That's all right. I tried to do an impression of Mr. Bubs the other day, and like pulled something in my neck. So like, <laughs> age sucks.
0: Oh, but you know what? It's all worth it once you pass on this mortal coil and get your own planet that you can fill up with whatever you want and uh, basically be your own Jesus Christ, as were my very dipshit understandings of the Mormon Church.
1: And you know what? We're not going to get into that particular doctrine today, but we are going to get into some weird doctrine today, and I am excited about it. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be strange, so we should probably just dive into it. Uh, let's go through sources first. All right. So as we did with the Joseph Smith series, we have No Man Knows My History, The Life of Joseph Smith by Fawn Brody. That's going to be very, very helpful. But we also have Brigham Young Pioneer Prophet by John G. Turner and Brigham Young American Moses by Leonard, G- <laughs> Leonard J. Arrington. We also have The American Political Tradition and the Men Who Made It by Richard Hofstadter. We have an article from MyCreditUnion.gov on the history of United States currency. And we've got from Uh GotQuestions.org, Why Did Noah Curse (laughs) Ham? We'll get to it. (laughs) I want to be clear to you. I feel like I need to tell you right now. Ham is a person's name. Okay, great. Oh, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. I thought uh, this was a very confused <laughs> Jewish boy looking up why things are kosher.
1: You're like, is this why the Jews don't eat pork? uh No, completely unrelated. <laughs> I'm just, uh,
0: imagining, just imagining a poor child standing outside of a bodega looking at a bacon, egg, and cheese, yelling up at the heavens,
1: Why did you curse ham? Why ham? Why couldn't it have been tripe? You know, like whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, of course we're talking. <laughs> (laughs) talking about
0: the very cursed john ham yeah yeah yeah
1: john ham himself
0: who is not right with the lord
1: biblical time traveler john ham so (laughs) we then also have articles on brigham young from the church of jesus which is the lds site and their history site um and i included that because i have a direct quote at the very end To contrast what I was able to pull from other places about Brigham Young's childhood and life and what the LDS church likes to say about his life, I think it's pretty funny when you contrast those things. Uh, But then also, we have a biography on Brigham Young from the josephsmithpapers.org. You may remember when we did Joseph Smith, we pulled from josephsmithpapers.org a little bit Mm. uh, whenever we could kind of corroborate it with other sources, and that's kind of the same here um oddly enough joseph smith papers matches a lot more of the research that i found other places uh but lds church history site not so much so let's get into it are you ready
0: absolutely that was that was us climbing up the ladder and now we're about to dive on in and actually that's how we should do the live show each step of the ladder each rung is a different source <laughs> and then I go. Are you ready to? Let's just jump on into it. And then I fucking stage dive. You,
1: you like <laughs> we shotgun a monster and uh-huh. then stage dive.
0: <laughs> if I stage dive, I'm killing somebody. No, no <laughs> questions about it. And
1: it may be you. Oh. uh So get your tickets as soon as they're available. We'll post links. <laughs> Did uh, you hear about
0: the new cult cool podcast live show? They promise someone's gonna fucking die. <laughs> they
1: fucking killed a guy. <laughs> Last time they almost beat the shit out of a Waffle House waiter and this time (laughs) they fucking killed a guy. It was the same guy. It was the same guy. Wrong place, wrong time. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, Anyway, so a little bit of a precursor here. You probably remember from almost a year ago now, which it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was a while ago. uh, We covered Joseph Smith and the origins of the Mormon church and some of that story is going to overlap here because... We're talking about stories that happen at the same time. What I want to try and do is cover more of the doctrinal weirdness. Because with Joseph Smith, we have kind of a timeline of who's where and why. And now I want to talk about some of the more inner church things that are kind of at play and how that pulls strings for Brigham Young, particularly. So let's dive in. Uh, It's going to be fun. You get to tell Armando stories like real tangential biblical stories. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs>
0: those are actually my favorite.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a whole party. Uh, I promise. I mean, hey, some, John Ham is already involved. How could you hate it? So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. We got John Ham locked in. Let's go, producers.
1: Let's go. Uh, actually, I mean, I lied. It's not John Ham. It's Dick Whitman. Anyway, so mm. uh, Brigham Young <laughs> was born June first, eighteen oh one. Bad time to be alive, as we've established on this show a lot. Worst time to be alive if you're the youngest of nine children on a super poor farm. But that's exactly what Brigham Young was. So his parents, John Young and Abigail, who went by NABBY young okay that was her nickname hey there were like four abigail's you gotta differentiate doesn't sound like a a nickname for
0: abigail as much as it sounds like a mean thing you call somebody who steals all the time
1: or the wife that you kidnapped (laughs) you know (laughs) it's the 1800s bad shit's gonna Uh, happen
0: that's good old nabby all right good old
1: nabby so john and nabby were farmers uh, but a lot like Joseph Smith's family, they were only okay at it. They weren't mm. great. Uh, I'm kind of starting to wonder at this point if anyone was actually good at farming back in the day.
0: I, d- I don't think so. It's really hard to do.
1: It seems like it's really terribly hard to do. And every time we encounter someone who did it, it's always like, and they were bad at it. And the mm-hmm. farm failed. Yeah. Um, Thus is going to be the case here as well. Now, his family were what I would call nebulous, but very strict conservative Christians. They weren't tied to any particular denomination, but they were very, very strict within their household. They didn't drink and they didn't smoke. And that sounds terrible if you have nine children. Seems like all they did was fuck because that was the only thing they were allowed to do. This um,
0: this is what I'm fucking talking about. Paige. <laughs> If you're not allowed to be horny for most of your life, it's just going to come out with seven to eight children in the first somehow two years of marriage. I don't know how <laughs> that math
1: works, but it does. If you're doing it right, you shouldn't even be able to walk after. Um, <laughs> she can't because she just gave birth. Yeah, <laughs> She's just constantly pregnant or having babies. And nine, just nine are the ones we know that lived. We, we don't know oh who, how many died in the process. Yeah. It's the 1800s. It's bad. We know it's bad. All right. He did not go to school mm. at all. No school. Um, his mom taught him to read and write. Same with all his siblings. Uh, but she was also a woman in the 1800s who also had to work the farm Uh, And also had never been to school. So uh, this is a blind leading the blind kind of scenario. And really some of the only books he had access to was the Bible and a handful of other things. Um, Kind of basically the norm for the time. uh, But keep that in mind as we talk about some of the things he does later in life. Um, People like to kind of boost up the mythology around him and we have to remember that he was a a poor farm kid who has limited reading skills that is something to know and understand he does get better at reading over time um, but this is not the case of like Joseph Smith went to school for a little while and then read a bunch had access to a bunch of books is much more of a kind of well-read con man and Brigham Young is a poor farmer like legitimately that's what he is
0: yeah, I also just want to point out that I remember being, like, a babysitter, and part of that job was that I was supposed to, like, be tutoring the child in, like, <laughs> math and reading, which I'm like, oh, that's easy. I know how to do math. I know how to read. Teaching somebody, for for first off, is fucking difficult. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse where, when they're your own kids, and you're just like, why are you so fucking dumb? And they're a literal baby. But secondly, it's just it's it's hard like it's I dare you with uh, w- with whatever schooling you have listener out there to go teach a child how to do like long division or something. It's fucking difficult to explain the concepts after you've already learned them or to even do them. I feel like some people don't know how to divide by hand unless it's easy.
1: Pay teachers more. Exactly, 100. Uh, that, you know, that's what this comes down to. Um, but also, the thing that I think to really remember, because people are like, "Oh, his mom taught him to read," and I'm like, "His mom was a poor farm girl." So like, this is like, if you left school after sixth grade, never, never completed anything after that, mm-hmm. and then you then had to teach someone enough school to be an adult, how are you gonna do? probably not great you probably didn't have advantages and this is something that I kind of want to I think is really interesting about Brigham Young the more I was reading about it because Joseph Smith is a con ass con man the whole time he's pulling grifts he's doing all kinds of wild shit Brigham Young kind of isn't at this point trust he is gonna do some wild shit later we will get to it This is not to say that he is a good person by any stretch, but at least in this episode and in his childhood, he really is a poor farm kid who's just kind of getting by and living a normal-ass life until he runs into the Mormons. And that's kind of fascinating to me when we have a person who doesn't really have any history of like trying to be a cult leader or a grifter or anything before – and then is suddenly thrust into the spotlight in such a a very strong way. I do think there is a particular event that kind of precipitates it and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. But it's kind of fascinating to me that this dude was just kind of having a normal life until Mormonism came along, which is wild to me. But yeah. Anyway, they moved A handful of times through his childhood because bad farmers, not Mm -hmm. good at farming. And it was largely around central and upstate New York. That's where he grew up until his mother died of tuberculosis when he was 14. Now, remember, he is the youngest of nine, which means that she, although probably only in her late 30s, early 40s, uh, is not that old, but he has adult siblings at this point point. As he's 14, but their family unit is struggling to run their now multiple farms and there's just not money to go around to care for him and no one to look out for him. So his father wastes no time in remarrying a local widow, literally weeks later, (laughs) like immediately. Uh, And... It's not clear if she had children of her own. It sounds like maybe she did not or maybe they had already left the house or whatever. Um, And it seems like this was kind of almost like a business transaction of just like you need to be married because this is the 1800s and you have no rights on your own. I need someone who knows how to do dishes. (laughs) How are we going to work? Let's do this. Let's do this. This sounds like the Um, worst setup
0: to a sitcom ever she
1: he needed somebody to do the
0: dishes she needed rights
1: meat basic human decency meet
0: the odd couple
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's even better
0: that <laughs> <laughs> it's even better that like in following with his first wife's tradition that her nickname was dead husbandy that's just <laughs> phenomenal.
1: It wasn't just Nabby too Electric Boogaloo. No. It um, was Dead Husbandy. Dead Husbandy. Uh, now, right after his dad married the widow, uh, wh- whose name we do not have, basically oh. just like lost to history. <laughs> cool. So then I could be right. Great. Uh, they immediately send Brigham off to learn a trade. Now, I think there could be two reasons for this. One, there's just not a lot of money and he's too young to really kind of go off on his own. And so I think maybe it was just a, an economic necessity or it could be that his father had married a young enough widow that she wanted to have children of her own. And he was the last one around the house. Um, One of the two, we don't fully know, but he does leave uh, and he becomes a, An apprentice to a carpenter, a glazier, 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 someone who uh, cuts glass and builds windows and a painter. So as a teenager, he basically learns how to build houses from scratch and works on multiple houses in upstate New York. And one of those houses would be the home of William Henry Seward, who is a noted abolitionist at the time we will talk about that later
0: did did you did you did you, did you censor yourself or is his name C-word? C-word.
1: seward seward s e w a r d it could be seward
0: Bro, I'm so dumb. I went I th- with c word. I thought you were just like, yeah, his name's Gregory Cunt, but I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> saying it, so I'm calling him whatever c word. I'd
1: say cunt whenever. I know <laughs> that's why I was like, why did you?
0: <laughs> you <laughs> what? No one listening could see it, but she said c word, and I went, what the fuck? What, what the was fu-
1: that's so weird. No, he he's kind of a low level polit like political figure where he doesn't reach any high <laughs> office, but he is a noted opponent to slavery at the time. And remember, this is New York, which is the North. Um, that's going to be important a little bit later mm. uh, when we get into some of the doctrinal stuff at the end. So
0: so he truly is the C word. Courageous. That's Courageous.
1: Right. Correct. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Look at he's that still courageous, white, correct. So cunks, you, you, you know. know. <laughs> uh, in
1: 1819, something bad happened i mean trust things bad things were happening this whole time (laughs) like it is the 1800s it's just a whole bunch of bad but in 1819 something happened that i had actually never learned really or read about and had to dig into called the panic of 1819 i don't know if they taught this at your school i don't remember hearing about this or if i did i was not paying attention at the time also a possibility (laughs) so The Panic of 1819 is kind of the Great Depression before the Great Depression. Here's what happened. So, America, as we know it today, at the time was transitioning from being a collection of British colonies into the United States under a single constitution. Remember that the Revolutionary War is only 50 years before this. And this is not the time of the Internet where information travels fast this has been a process. England still kind of mad at us. War of 1812 has happened. Um, But they're also dealing with the aftermath of a whole bunch of wars in Europe because of who? Napoleon Bonaparte. So America is kind of left in a bit of a state. We can't trade with Europe as normal. England's still kind of pissed. Some of us are colonies. Some of us are territories. Some of us are indigenous peoples that are in the mix but n- not really participating in some of these things. Others are participating. It's a whole bunch of people. And there's not really one governing body yet, technically. There is. We have the government, obviously, we have the president, we have all of that happening in the, the colonies that are official states. And then the rest of the country is kind of a free-for-all at this point. Now, part of the problem with that is that we hadn't quite figured out how we were going to handle money now that England wasn't in charge. Now, a few banks and trusts sprang up in between the revolution and this period in 1819 And we actually covered one of them when talking about Joseph Smith. He builds one of these that immediately fails and bankrupts like a whole town. Uh, But the problem with a lot of these banks and trusts is they were kind of just printing their own money, causing wild inflation. And those like bank notes didn't transfer to other banks. So money was not official within the country until 1792. That's when the, basically, Washington, D.C., at the time, uh, established a coinage system. No paper money, just coins. And they started minting coins. But that only applied in actual states. In territories, who's to say? So because money is a construct and currency is a lie... People freaked the fuck out because all of a sudden no one knew how much money anyone had and also they couldn't trade with people and inflation was wild. So for a few years, people freaked out and everything crashed. And it's wild to me that we don't talk more about this. Yeah. But apparently it was a big deal and it was a big enough deal that Brigham Young got laid off from his carpentry job. Now, I don't understand.
0: Why didn't they just Venmo each other for stuff?
1: Good question, bro. You could add fun emojis. Like the other day, I sent Todd money for a thing that we got paid for from like a year ago, and <laughs> it was just like, okay, sign, finger, eggplant, splash, splash, peach, because I was like, they don't make any rules, yeah. and then I sent Mikey the same amount of money, and it was just Italian hands, Italian hands, Italian hands, spaghetti, tomato, can pizza, so... Yeah. Dude, have I fun with it.
0: I don't know if this is how banks work, but me and my coworker Rick essentially set up a, a, our own bank on accident. What happened is uh I bet somebody that they couldn't beat my coworker Ryan at chess. Who if you don't know my coworker Ryan, um he is kind of a wild guy. Uh pretty much I mean, he is an actual juggalo. Uh, can I
1: get a fuck yeah? He, he, fuck
0: yeah! He's he's into a lot of really strange shit. He's uh, constantly smoking spliffs. He's a weird dude, and he is apparently a chess savant. Uh, in that he can beat people, including me, in five moves or less. It is fucking wild to see. What? Yeah, he's really good at it. So I jokingly bet like, oh, this person's gonna beat Ryan, my coworker. Uh, and I ended up losing thirty bucks. but <laughs> we I venmoed him thirty bucks. And then afterwards we went out for lunch, and he was like, "Oh, Uh, Since you got that, let me just Venmo you thirty bucks, and so we each buy each other. Yeah, we've just—it's the same thirty fucking dollars (laughs) stuck in both of our Venmos, hasn't ever gone to our credit because we we've never like actually cashed it out. So we just keep trading back a theoretical thirty dollars, and all that happened is we gave Venmo thirty dollars, and I realized this while you were talking that like, (laughs) holy shit, it's not like oh this fun game no we just gave them $30 they don't do anything with it
1: well and there's this added piece at this time where like let's say locally you have a bank right Mm -hmm. that's where you put all your money and you have to then travel you got to withdraw money to go travel right Mm -hmm. that bank writes you a currency note of like X amount of dollars well you go to another city and they have a different bank and that other bank can just basically be like no this is only worth half of that or it's worth twice that it's all variable it's all an illusion we should move out to the woods and just start eating lunch meat out of backpacks (laughs) and see how that goes for a while
0: i don't know if i've talked about it on this podcast but i have a, a running joke with a couple of other content creator friends of mine about how fucked it is that like I have the body of a Viking or some kind of indigenous warrior king who should be, like, out there hunting for his food. And instead, I hunch myself over a computer and make my little funny jokes on the internet and then door dash myself some pizza as a treat. Like, I am wasting this. And what we should be doing is, you're right, we should just be off in the fucking woods doing whatever and setting up our own little societies. But instead, I'm like... (laughs)
1: Come. <laughs> I I have never felt more like money is a total sham and a construct until now. While we're spoiler, we are trying to buy a house, and not, nothing not- will make you feel like the entire system is a fucking lie like that. Where oh, you're yeah. just like, so this is all bullshit great
0: property ownership great. is a fucking sham you can't even really own property it's fucking awful also to be clear not Paige and myself we're not buying the no compound we're yet. not
1: buying a house no,
0: no that you comes are welcome later.
1: to come over yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well we will afford the compound eventually
1: eventually uh but apparently we've got to get our credit way higher and we're gonna need some startup capital did oh i God. mention we have a patreon
0: <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash cold podcast uh, oh my anyway, god anyway yeah that's it's that money in. is all a lie it's all an illusion but back in the day straight up it really was straight
1: up it was illusion. i mean it is still yeah. an illusion but it, but it was way it was at least now it's more sleight of hand yeah at this point it was like a David Blaine level illusion
0: here's here's the best way to sum it up we're talking about this like it's some mythical back then thing it's the same money it's now our (laughs) money so it like this was how ridiculous it used to be it still fucking is it's all made up you don't actually have any of it I have my money in a bank account and I don't have it if like the earth goes down it's gone I it's done
1: oh here's my favorite thing that i learned that made me really angry so uh as part of trying to buy a house i had uh some stock from working for a company Mm -hmm. and i had to cash that stock out to use it to basically be a down payment or part of a down payment i should say uh and as i was doing this i found out that if you're like a super millionaire you can actually secure that kind of a down payment based on what your stocks might be worth you don't have to cash them out and i was like motherfucker i swear to god i
0: fucking <laughs> like, hate this planet dude
1: just oh i'm gonna spend all this money on pizza just to spite people uh, <laughs> like oh. anyway anyway Ellie, you can cut that if you want. I don't care. I don't. don't leave, leave it this in. This might have gotten boring. Uh, so Brigham Young, mm-hmm. cursed by imaginary currency, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does odd jobs for the next five years. Now, remember, he is a carpenter. He has what I would like to call apocalypse skills. See, I married my husband, Viking sized, full of apocalypse skills, because my skills are making puns like earlier today when we theorized what a Korean version of the band Hansen would be and I said it's boom bop and like <laughs> you're welcome that's what I'm bringing to the apocalypse table right Brigham Young has real apocalypse skills he's useful whether there's money or not people always need houses people need people to build them he's got the skills to do it
0: Dude, I'm so fucked. I'm so very fucked. If the apocalypse happens, first of all, I'm slow as shit. Second of all, there's so much meat on my bones. I have no actual skills and I bet I'm delicious, dog. I am so fucked.
1: Your name should be Ham, just like later in this episode. <laughs> Why has God cursed me? He kind of has. <laughs> with, just with not having apocalypse skills. <sighs> you know, my skills are like, so, okay, they're ghost hunters, but the ghost is real. Is this anything? <laughs> like, that's my skill. Yeah. It's fucking useless because I'm just going to, in the apocalypse,
0: I'm like, what if I made a TV show about this? And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dog.
1: We are dying. So, uh- <laughs> We'll be around the campfire where Jake is cooking meat he has hunted. And I'll be like, and then Ash and the other teens walked to the cabin. But then the tree looked at them (laughs) sensually. And they're going to be like, why is she here? What is she doing? Mm, God. Anyway, so he's got apocalypse skills. So he survives the panic of 1819 and the ensuing years until 1824, where he meets and marries a woman named Miriam Angeline Works. Now, they are able at this time to afford a small house right next to the bucket factory <laughs> where Brigham Young was currently working. Uh huh. I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> i don't either I, I just like it was like a pale factory and i was like you mean bucket <laughs> yeah just, he
0: made buckets <laughs> the bucket factory sounds like something a teenage basketball player would call
1: himself on a good day <laughs> welcome to the bucket factory boom nothing but just that to- just an Xbox login for NBA 2K, just like Bucket Factory, 69, 420, star, star, smiley face. Yeah, it's just so, it's such a,
0: it's very real. I mean, obviously they need buckets for shit because stuff sucked back then and uh, and here's
1: buckets. what's sad is i'm like how many fucking buckets do you need that there was a whole factory and then i'm like well you gotta carry shit that's- and like home depot has tons of buckets now like buckets what would happen if we no- had no buckets ever anymore <laughs> that
0: that is exactly what i was saying is that there th- th- this is probably reality for like a ton of people and so i feel bad for laughing but like A bucket-based economy is very funny (laughs) to me. Like, a thing where a lot of people need buckets and they need them fucking now. And buckets are more real than the money (laughs) that people are
1: paying for the buckets. Kind of. And that's why Brigham Young survives. He's what we call an essential worker. (laughs) In this bucket-based economy. (laughs) Making fucking buckets. Hella buckets. Like, so many buckets and remember this is old oh. time so buckets are made out of like wood and shit this is not plastic <laughs> buckets like <laughs> like I crafted thought, buckets i
0: thought you were about to talk about inflation like remember this is the old time so buckets back then were worth more <laughs> which <laughs> they
1: buckets were worth like four buckets nowadays <laughs> which they totally are but it's very... wait hold on let's hold on. Oh. sometimes you can find price of a bucket in 1824 in America. Oh, my goodness. What? No. What? Oh, that's a hat. Never. <laughs> okay. So, uh, there is, on an antiques website, mm-hmm. an authentic leather bucket from 1824 from a local fire department. Okay. Uh, now, do you have any idea how much... It costs.
0: This is it for it now as an antique, correct. And it's it's a leather bucket. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm guessing now in today money, it's is it a, is it auctioning off? Where where is it being? It's sold?
1: auctioning off on eBay. There's actually a handful of them available on eBay right now.
0: Four hundred thirty-seven dollars and twenty-three cents.
1: That is not a bad guess. They range from 350 to 550 Ooh. And they're actually pretty cool looking, to be honest with you. But they're from that same time period. Mm. So, like 1824.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the Bucket Factory. I'm sorry. I'm still very happy. <laughs> Thank you for happy. tuning
1: into to Bucket Cast. I'm Paige <laughs> Wesley. And I'm fucking Hoops Boom. <laughs> Um, and they're here. I'll I'll share my screen really quick so you can see what they look like.
0: Holy shit.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? That's yeah. not at all what I
0: thought the buckets were going to look like.
1: Me neither. But also I'm thinking about like how long does my average like Home Depot bucket last? And it's like this one. This is the one that I actually found first for $840. And it is exactly eight, $1824 what the from fuck? the same place and era. Yeah. So like. Right. What do you even? What it? Can you put? Can you put water in there? What is? They're it? waterproof. Yes. Ah. Yeah. It, so it's like that's why they call it a fire bucket. Is like it was used to like bail people out water wise. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. Yeah. Holy and there are some t- some of them are like printed with the fire departments. Huh. And stuff. So it, it's unclear what kinds of buckets he was making. I don't know if it was like these specifically. Um, we just know who's making buckets anyway. So they had their first daughter the following year, and they would continue to have children pretty much continuously for the next 10 years or so. Of course, of course it's the 1800s. Um, now, according to some sources at the time, he started to get involved in a forensic and oratorical society. Now this one, account comes from a book called brigham young american moses which was written in the 80s i listed it in the sources and even within that book it is only attributed to like one person saying this about joseph smith i think this is kind of a hagiography situation where i think this is people trying to juice his legend Mm, okay make himself sound make him sound great make him air quotes, historically worthy of the things that he will go on to do. Um, But this seems unlikely to me, and and it, it doesn't surprise me that only one person talks about it because given his limited education that we know about and the fact that he was working his ass off building buckets, but also building houses, working as a carpenter on the side to provide for his growing family, I think that maybe... It either didn't happen or there was some confusion about his involvement. I'm not sure. A lot of people followed him and a lot of people think he was charismatic. And I think that's where the desire to ascribe some sort of like he was a great like speaker thing comes from. But I think the more that I've like, read about him, especially compared to Joseph Smith, I think one of the things that really draws people to Brigham Young is is that he is truly blue-collar. Like, Joseph Smith, yes, he was a farmer, yes, he was poor, but he was also a con man who didn't like to get his hands dirty. He liked to trick other people into working for him. Brigham Young is on the front lines. He's the one in the dirt. He's the one getting down in the thick of it with people, and I think that's what draws people to him because they're like, he truly is like me. And I think it's more that than necessarily being air quotes a good public speaker that people eventually follow him. Yeah. So <laughs> I love
0: that, that you, the, the way that you said that, because there's this thing that, like, I, what, what is the thing that uh, uh, the internet says all the time that makes me, oh, he just like me for real? That's, that makes me, he just like me for real. He just like me for people looking at Brigham Young and just going, he just like me for real. Cause I can shoot mad buckets,
1: boom! Yep. Just call me Hoop Dreams with like three <laughs> Z's and a dollar sign.
0: Yeah, and add me on 2K so I can fucking school your
1: ass, bitch. Yep, yep, yep. You just like me. For uh, me? Now, here's what I think is the more logical leap from farmer slash carpenter mm-hmm. to church leader. So his mom taught him to read largely the Bible. And he was exposed to church his entire childhood, not any one denomination, but his family frequented churches in whatever area they were living. He joins at this time while he's making them buckets. Um, he joins the reformed Methodist church and we don't have time to get into this, but it's an off shirt of the English Wesleyan Methodists. And then they eventually rejoin the United Methodists. We don't have time. in. Uh, The only really interesting thing about it as far as like what we're talking about today is that only a couple years after Brigham left the Reformed Methodist, we'll talk about in just a second, uh, William and Catherine Booth would go on to be members and then go on to found the Salvation Army, which should probably get its own episode. But it's just interesting to me that these people are all kind of in the mix within a decade or two of each other. So regardless, Uh, he joins the... Reformed Methodist Church. And in John Turner's Brigham Young Pioneer Prophet, it states that his joining of the Reformed Methodist Church was maybe not super normal. Uh, He insisted on something called effusion, and we will get into it. So effusion refers to immersion baptism as opposed to what the Methodists were widely practicing at the time called aspersion, which is basically sprinkling. Now, if you didn't grow up in the church, as you didn't, let me run this back for you. And I think we've talked about baptism a little bit, but not a ton. But the flavor of Jesus I grew up in uh, practices effusion, which is what Brigham Young asked for, which is basically where a pastor full-blown dunks you completely underwater and then pulls you back up. That's the one that I'm the
0: most familiar with and like the one that you see on TV all the time.
1: Yes, that's the one you see in movies. Uh, My favorite depiction of this in film or tv is the pilot of righteous gemstones <laughs> where they're in a wave pool and someone turns on the waves
0: phenomenal yeah so funny to me <laughs> it's that whole scene is great because they also just like they're speeding through them they just and they're having a conversation yeah, they're, they're
1: just, <laughs> lines <yeah. of> people. <laughs> you're going slow you're holding up the line oh, i gotta yeah.
0: re-watch that show i forgot how much it's i love it so loved good
1: that. so i actually i have yes I was going to say I have TV recommendations. Now is not the time. Anyway, (laughs) in my case, it was a warm baptism, like hot tub situation in the church parking lot. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) we, we all have our different, some people do it in like nature where they get baptized in like a Creek. That's always kind of cool. Or the ocean. That's kind of cool too. Um, But in some traditions, kind of like the one I married into, they practice something called aspersion or sprinkling where you are often baptized as a baby, like a child. So the difference for most denominations is in the version I grew up in, you're not supposed to be baptized until you personally can say, like, I believe this. And that's why I'm choosing to be baptized as a public symbol today.
0: Yeah, because doing it to a baby is like getting into heaven, getting the hand stamp, and then going back off and putting it on your baby's forehead so they can get in if something (laughs) happens to you.
1: Right, right, right. Well, and the other thing, too, is like different different denominations do different things. There are a whole grab bag of different versions. These are just two that I'm contrasting. So, like, if this does not describe your experience, it's not saying yours is wrong or invalid or weird – it's just not the two that we're contrasting today. Yeah, um, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is too. Minimize. I've seen the YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, no, like, was, I've seen the
0: weird ones. I was just gonna say, yeah, if we're saying that your weird swim that lets you into the kingdom of heaven is wrong, like we're if it, it's it's right. not, it's fine. You're fine. It's not. It's symbolic. It's
1: not. I I also as even as someone who grew up in the dunking version. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I I don't believe either one is right or wrong. I think the Bible is unclear. Yeah. Uh, the The Bible seems to describe dunking, but room for interpretation. It has been tra- translated, retranslated a bunch of times. Hundred percent. But s- some people are really serious about it. I'm not one of those people. Uh, but in sprinkling, it's usually a baby, and they just kind of dribble water over their head and if you get baptized as an an adult they'll do kind of the same Uh, and it's usually out of like a smaller baptismal font in church yeah uh now for as wishy-washy as i am on which one is the right one air quotes right i don't believe i I teach their own on that anyway brigham young was not as cool about it he oh really he was super insistent Uh, that even though the Reformed Methodist Church at the time was practicing sprinkling, he insisted that they submerge him completely. Now, here's a bit of the problem. A baptismal fonts like the size of a birdbath uh so they they had to like a big bird bath. Obviously. yeah
0: i i was gonna say this is actually one that i am familiar with too because i'm mexican
1: right and yeah so of i've had a lot
0: of yeah i've had a lot of primos and primos fucking uh like they they do the little thing because i realized and this is how fucking dumb i am i really i realized when i went to uh what do they call it a christening, christening. Or, yeah 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 I went to one of those. They were like, oh, they're going to baptize the baby. And this whole time I'm getting stoked because I'm like, how are they going to fucking dunk a baby (laughs) (laughs) into fucking water? Like, that sounds so dangerous. And I'm kind of like, you know, getting a good seat there early. And then they just like do it in this little bird bath. And I was like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. And they
1: kind of like pick water up and kind of like. Yeah. I thought I was going to see them
0: fucking like touchdown celebration a baby into the water and be like, now you're saved, baby.
1: Nope uh yeah so Brigham Young insisted they submerge him and then they Mm -hmm. had to like find a way and a place to dunk this dude (laughs) because no one else ever asked for that and here's the thing I don't have more information on it I just think it was hilarious that he was like um I don't believe in your little sprinkles I believe God has to dunk me bro you gotta dunk me Dunk me down. I need to go full <laughs> underwater. My entire body needs to be submerged. He's just, he fucking
0: grabs them by the collar of their shirt. And I'm going to, I'm going to look like yes. I need to be let up for air. Keep me under. I, I want to feel like close.
1: One, one thousand,
0: <laughs> 1,000. Have you ever seen the feature length film Flatliners? It's like <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: Oh, can you swim no that's why this is so important
0: i also i do think it's kind of nice that they let him do this because honestly if you come to me and my church and you're like yeah i'm good with everything except for this one big thing that people have a lot of opinions on i'm gonna be like hey man maybe go to a different church it's <laughs> yeah, right. not what we do around we're here. not
1: even the only people around <laughs> yeah it's
0: very it's very strange but also kind of nice in a weird way that they were like yeah okay uh, yeah, okay you're very inconvenient and you're kind of fucking my Sunday up, but yeah, I will do that. you know, we
1: got a dung tank out back and I got a couple balls. Let's see what's good. You said earlier fucking hot
0: tub, which made me think of the the priest being shirtless with a beard next to him No, that's not what No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no no, weird way, not a creepy way. I meant like chilling in a hot tub way. No, 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 no. No, okay.
1: So, so allow me to elaborate a little bit more. So, it was like a rect. It's like a rectangle, uh, but the inside is finished <laughs> like a hot tub. So it's okay. like there's like steps into it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have jets, <laughs> um, but but they do fill it with warmer water, so you're not super cold. Even gotcha. though like once you come back up, it's it's you're outside and it's cold. Sure. Um, the church my parents go to now. There is actually so there's like a stage and then there's two kind of balcony areas. Sometimes they'll do readings from there, but one is a baptismal where that whole balcony area is enclosed like a pool kind of. Mm -hmm. And so you see people walk out there and then they just like dunk them down out of frame and then they come back up wet. And I've never been up there. I don't know what that whole situation looks like, but apparently there's some sort of pool up there
0: that's so fucking that's like that sounds like a lie that seniors at a high school tell the freshmen like "Hey, there's a, secret <laughs> there's pool a fucking up there. pool up there man just for god if it was me if i was the priest i would simply fill water balloons with the holy water and then throw them at little babies
1: well i mean hey get the job done i like mm-hmm. if you i mean depending on where you are like if you're at like church camp sometimes you, there's usually like a lake or something like do a lake or a creek or whatever anyway Sorry, sorry, no, I apologize. No, I expected there to be questions. I literally, like, made space in the outline for this. It's, like, uh, such a
0: weird way. I get that it's symbolic, and I understand how it's supposed to, like, you know, represent the rebirth into your new life, having become a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's inherently a goofy thing to be, like, we're gonna, let's go for a little, hey, how about you and me go for a little swim? Oh, we're just gonna, like, normally just
1: swim, like, normal? No. <laughs> no. i'm gonna hold you underwater for a bit don't worry about it
0: (laughs) and when you come back you're gonna be a totally different person
1: totally new yeah and and here's the thing i i feel like it it's kind of like whenever i try to describe the plot of true blood to people (laughs) where to me it's something that like i watch i enjoy i love but then when you say it out loud to another person you're like Oh, I get why this sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> like I understand. Yeah. I hear it too. It's okay. <laughs> Don't so, worry about
0: it. So homeboy makes a big old stink about <laughs> being put in the drink, and <laughs> they're like, "All right, cool. Well, we will make an exception for you, uh, you fucking weirdo. Yes. Uh, as long as you give us a discount on the buckets, and then and then he's in, and then he
1: joins." So he joins, but here's the thing. He joins for only, like, two and a half years. What the fuck? Why'd you make such a big deal about the fucking baptism then, <laughs> he asshole? He was like, build me a dunk shank. and then was like, you know what? This really isn't for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and in part, I mean, he had started to leave the church anyway, but in part, his, t- his family at this time moves to Menden New York and they kind of do this to bring all the families back together because remember he's got like nine siblings his dad is still alive they all have their own farms and they kind of decide that they're stronger together than they are apart so they all move back together in Menden New York and at this point he's kind of he can, he considers himself kind of like a freelance Christian mm-hmm <laughs> There's a lot of us out there, more now <laughs> yeah. than ever before. I think, honestly.
0: What do they they call them? Uh, they call them uh, uh, airplane. Independent Chris.
1: Airplane or, atheists.
0: Yeah, like you're an atheist until you get on the airplane and it and starts <laughs> shaking. Like, oh god, the, god! Oh god! Oh god! god oh god! Or, or uh, what do they call them? Like Easter or Christmas. Christians, e- Christmas right? and
1: Easter Christians. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I think of it more as as people who believe but struggle with the way churches are cor- currently organized. And Mm -hmm. struggle with the, in some cases, the politicizing of Christianity. Um,
0: Which is understandable.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's one of those things where when people are like, yes, but I don't have a specific church. I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I understand. Uh, It is difficult.
0: I don't want this to sound like I'm making fun of somebody so I'm going to leave it uh I'm not going to say who it is and sure. also I want you to know that I'm not making fun of this person I just think the situation was funny. I was watching a streamer who was playing uh Rocket League, which if you uh-huh. aren't familiar with Rocket League, it's soccer but you're in a little tiny car and you can yes. have jets and you can boost. So He's playing Rocket League online and he's talking to chat and somebody, when I join in, somebody had asked him about his religious beliefs. And so he's in the middle of a Rocket League game, not looking at the chat, just like playing and explaining. He's just like, yeah, man, you know, uh, every day I strive to be like Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is like the best, needs some boost. Uh, and, uh, you know, everything that I do is for him and I just try to be more like him. All right, we got to go for the goal here. And so everything that I do... <laughs> Is just trying to emulate uh, you know, the the paradigm that he set for us. And then he scored and he went, Let's fucking go! <laughs> it was like the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Cause there's not a hint of of of, of joking in it, you know? Like he's he's being serious. <laughs> that's but
1: that's amazing. That, <laughs> I love
0: that so much. That fucking like oh my god, it was it's it's it was <laughs> The funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, I think.
1: Oh, man. Oh, that is hysterical. <laughs> uh, we can't get into it today because we are already at almost an hour. Uh, uh-huh. And and there's still more to go. Uh, but yeah, it's... I, And I don't know if this should be a speculation zone or what, but there's a, a huge movement in modern day Christianity called deconstruction, which is basically like going back through everything you were taught and being like, what was the Republican agenda and what is uh, actually in the Bible uh, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, and it not just the Republic a lot of different things and, yeah. and it's it's people going through and being like, what do I actually believe versus what has been told to me uh, I, I, you know,
0: I think one of the most interesting things that we've ever done in this podcast for me is uh, when we covered, you know, the origins of hell and uh, Satan oh, yeah. that you did. Um, and this is something that I bring up almost all the time, which is that like, you know, our modern conceptions on what hell is, the devil is, et cetera. They don't come necessarily from the Bible, but from like Dante's Dante. Inferno, uh, yeah. and then, and being brought up to light from like, you know, uh, Europe <laughs> and, and monarchs being like, we need to use this to control the people, you know, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> there is so much of organized religion that is tied to controlling Uh, people that are above the rich that like, it's really good to look at why people are doing the things that they do. So yeah, hundred percent. I think we should do it eventually, but also, yeah, it's, you know,
1: well, and and here's the thing. I, I feel like don't let it take away from your faith and what you've decided to believe in, but there's nothing wrong with understanding where things come from and understanding truly the source of maybe something you were told and, is is that true? Like, I think of one of the biggest things now is like, as a kid, the satanic panic was like so real. Mm-hmm. And now I look at the modern satanic panic and I'm like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. these people don't know anything. This is all control or whatever. 100%. But it's because we dug back through it. You know, H- yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty, And so that's kind of where that comes from. But that's kind of who he is at this point, is mm-hmm. a freelance Christian. Okay. Um, <laughs> So he joins his family and his family are all farmers. He is a carpenter because he has those trades. Mm -hmm. So he becomes for this little kind of community, the guy like he's the carpenter. He's building their furniture. He's building their houses. He's doing all of their flooring and joinery. And he operated the local sawmill. So anything that had to do with wood, he's your guy. He got hella wood. He got like so much wood, <laughs> morning, noon, night. He's got yeah. wood. All yeah, the and it's
0: it's And it's very hard. It's very hard. So
1: hard. Uh, mm-hmm. You want those houses to stand up straight? Jesus anyway. Christ. That means that everyone in the community there kind of had to work with him for houses and carpentry and things that they couldn't do themselves. And this is how he starts to meet members of the LDS church. Um, In particular, Heber C. Kimball. And he and the rest of Heber's family are going to become very, very close. Um, But Kimball wasn't the only Mormon around. There's actually a number of Mormons in the community already, and they had already reached out to Brigham Young's brother and given them copies of the Book of Mormon for the entire family. So for the intervening year, they all kind of trade the books. They all read it together. It's like a weird book club, family Mormon book club. And the next year, when five LDS missionaries arrived in New York as guest preachers, the whole family attended and Brigham was hooked in part because he saw them speaking in tongues and declaring prophecies. Now, if you remember from the Joseph Smith episodes, this is a tricky part of the Joseph Smith LDS story because this is a part where one group kind of goes off on their own prophesying and speaking in tongues. This is the group that Brigham Young meets. Now, Joseph Smith had to come back through later and be like, um, actually, I'm like the only guy. So, mm-hmm. and it's a point of contention that he kind of like loses the battle to win the war at a certain point where he's like, I guess just remember that my prophecies are the best prophecies. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know. But the following year in 1832, uh, entranced by the Mormons they have met, uh, Brigham Young and his wife join the church. And they actually start to run essentially the local LDS chapter in Mendon, New York. It was composed of 15 families and eight of those families were the Youngs. So literally it's their giant family unit and then a handful of other families he starts speaking in tongues. He becomes kind of a de facto leader, but in large part because he is so excited by the church. But unfortunately, that same year, Brigham's wife, Miriam, died of consumption because oh, this no. is old times.
0: What is, I've always wondered, but I've always been too afraid to ask, what exactly is consumption?
1: Tuberculosis, I
0: believe. Oh, I thought it meant you drink too much.
1: No, it's um, da, da. yeah, pulmonary tuber- tuberculosis. Uh, so it's a lung disease, um, but it, it also impacts the way your body like stores food and energy. It's a wasting disease. So like you get sick and kind of waste away. you get very emaciated, you cough up blood and you die.
0: Mm, real Arthur Morgan vibes yeah gotcha, yeah gotcha. and
1: he is devastated which is wild to think about because th- this guy will go on to marry a whole bunch of people yeah <laughs> later on uh but at this time it's just her it's him and her and their kids and they've been together for 10 years at this point or almost 10 tapping out around eight and he is kind of <laughs> devastated that she's gone sounds like uh, he was
0: tapping out more than eight times feels like he was really tapping in
1: yeah 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 well and here's the other thing too it's like this is the old times people died all the time so to be married to someone for eight years is kind of a long time yeah do you think um, do you think he? Yeah. i mean
0: it's hard to speculate on all of this shit we don't know these people and we don't have any connection but do you think he like loved her loved her
1: i kind of do in a weird way because you know it's not like joseph smith where there's a whole lot of dallying The Mm -hmm. whole time and then he's like actually plural marriage etc. Now after this point uh, Brigham Young will take on multiple wives. He will participate in plural marriage later on. Sure. But at this point it's just her and she's kind of been the ride or die. And at least from what we know now some some of that could be that we just don't know because it's history and they didn't keep track of everything. But I think from. His story and what happens next, I think maybe he did and this fucking wrecked him. I think this is the event that really turns the tide for him in a way that people don't necessarily always acknowledge personally. So
0: two things here. First of all, I want a census uh, that goes around where you ask people like, hey, do you love your wife? So you that future so that future podcasters have something to go off of. And we release those. Yeah, multiple those.
1: choice. This is, I love her or take her, please.
0: Take my <laughs> wife, please. Ah, that's the Rodney Dangerfield option. Gotcha, uh-huh, gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, secondly, I also think it's really funny that, again... This might be meme, but I feel like it's really funny that for this guy, I- at this time in his life, it is the most devastating thing that could possibly have ever happened. It is, like, mind-numbingly sad. It's it's heartbreaking, absolutely earth-shattering. Fast forward to now, and it's me and you being like, Yeah, he fucking tapped that age, dude! <laughs> that guy's coming, and his wife coming, and his wife... Like, it's so... It's so funny how uh, you detach yourself from it a little bit, and it's like, holy shit, that's crazy.
1: Well, it could be... So it could be a couple things, right? So Uh either he loved her and is devastated, Mm -hmm. or he's like, finally, I'm free. Because (laughs) what he does next is that he hands all of his children to the Kimball family and is basically like, can you please take care of them? I... I have a mission. I have a life mission now. I've got to go. And it's basically him being like, I'm unencumbered now. I need to go meet the Joseph Smith. That's what he decides he's going to do. Now, if you recall, this is the time when Joseph is bouncing around between a few different states because Zion is allegedly in Missouri, unless you ask Missouri, in which case, It's not. Uh, And Ohio is where the Mormons fled to. So right now Joseph Smith is in Ohio and he's calling everyone to Ohio to try and get them to invade Missouri again. But let's talk about Missouri for a second. We talked when we talked about Joseph Smith, about how the Mormons kind of crowded out Missouri and kind of tried to take over some cities and states, specifically Jackson County. Uh, But That alone is enough for Missouri to be mad, but there's an extra piece that we didn't really talk as much about that does factor in here, and that is abolitionism. Now, both both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young are largely from the North. That's where they spent a lot of their time living, Uh, and for that reason, a lot of people will claim that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young are abolitionists and this is a wild ass lie and we have to talk about it um, a lot of people will point out that initially they did not own any enslaved persons um, and this is referring to their early lives in their latter lives that changes and we'll get to it later
0: <laughs> no that's not fi- you can't just <laughs> that's not a good way to justify them not you obviously to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well I didn't own any people when I was a baby
1: Well, the other thing that people aren't thinking about is they were also both very poor. Like, Joseph Smith is a con man constantly on the move. So he does not have the economic stability to participate in that system. Uh, Brigham Young is a farmer with a family in the north where it's just not as common and in some cases illegal. So he doesn't have any. But all of that changes when Joseph decides that Zion is in Independence, Missouri, a state that supports slavery. And as they try to gather followers in Missouri, they then have to grapple with that, of, hey, you have slaves, we don't. There's a fundamental difference here. Um, And while they're living in Missouri, uh, they because they're getting money from their followers, participate in slavery at certain points where they're like, this seems kind of nice. But then they have to backtrack it and justify it because up until that point, up until they get to Missouri, because they're from Northern states, they're just kind of like, yeah, no, no, slavery's not okay because that's where they've been living and that's who they're talking to, right? Now that they're talking to people who have slaves, they're like, well... Hold on a second. Uh, maybe this is kind of a uh, don't ask, don't tell kind of situation where if we're in a slave state, you can't mess with somebody else's rights, a.k.a. their property. Mm. But in a free state, they're no longer enslaved, but also I can't infringe upon your property, but I can't force them to come back to you. It's a lot of complicated laws. And at a certain point, people start being like, what? Because yeah. obviously... It's not a case of like whose property is what. It's a case of they are people and therefore this is bad, right? Like their personhood dictates that slavery should not be okay, period, full stop. There shouldn't be a question about it. So then Joseph Smith has to come up with a new doctrine to handle this. And it's right around this time, which is why I want to bring it up. It's as Brigham Young is joining the fold that this starts to come to prominence uh and it's called the doctrine of cain and ham because they needed two examples Uh uh-huh now are you familiar with the biblical story of cain and abel yeah the first murder correct the first murder uh cain and abel are brothers cain kills his brother abel and (gasps) yes no i'm sorry yeah yes jacques uh (laughs) As punishment, he is forced to both walk the earth alone, but he is also marked for life as a murderer.
0: <laughs> it's not funny that he's a murderer. It's just I pictured a man walking the earth all alone and just
1: I walk this lonely, lonely road. road, the only road that I have ever known. I'm a murderer and now I'm marked <laughs> for life and I walk alone. Yeah. I killed uh, my brother. It was super easy. Uh, Armando.
0: Pages. <laughs> Pages wearing a Green Day. T- Is that Dookie? Is that it's the, Dookie? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> for, for those of you uh, uh, that don't Unfamiliar understand with
1: Green Day's discography, they have an album called Dookie. There's yeah. no shit on my shirt. You get it. <laughs>
0: actually no there is no album called dookie Payne's got shit on her, on her, on her shirt. Anyway, uh, okay yeah so i love that
1: boulevard of broken dreams shows up in our lives so often a lot <laughs> uh anyway in the mormon tradition and in some christian identity fellowships basically white supremacist christianity uh they would argue that the mark of cain is being black uh which is no that's not okay Mm -hmm. especially because adam and eve probably weren't white (laughs) like what are we even doing here like yeah it's bad for a lot of reasons but it's also dumb and doesn't make a lot of sense now you might not be as familiar uh with the story of ham or maybe you are. You look like you know Ham.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with the story of Ham, just maybe not the one that you're talking about.
1: Correct. Uh, now, this Ham was unglazed. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, ham is one of Noah's sons. So, Noah, after the flood, animals are saved, plants a vineyard, gets super drunk off his own supply passes out drunk the story goes that ham his youngest walks in on him naked and passed out in his tent and then goes and tells his brothers about it they go and cover him up and because ham didn't just like cover him up or whatever he curses ham now there's a few different versions of this because some people argue that ham may have molested him in some way and that's why he's cursed I know Uh, it it is not definitive in the Bible. You can't, it's very complicated.
0: I know that this Um, is an audio medium. So to explain it for you, what (laughs) she reacted to was she said that. And I went, (laughs) but
1: what, (laughs) but what? Yeah. Uh, So that's some people believe that that's one version. The other version is that he saw that his father had passed out naked and made fun of him. And that's why his father cursed him. Um, Right. Either way he is considered cursed. And in some traditions, uh, some sects of LDS as well as Christian identity and a few other things, they think that that curse was being black. Uh, So, you know, it's bad all around, but also this is all nonsense. People are people. Treat them as people. Please don't be racist. Great. Yeah. So this is when that doctrine comes about because it's Joseph Smith's chance to try and explain away suddenly being okay with slavery. That's why. Now, this is happening right as Brigham Young arrives in Ohio. And upon arriving in Ohio, he speaks in tongues for Joseph Smith. And Joseph Smith sees that a lot of people seem to like Brigham. They seem to follow him. He's a big, strong, sturdy carpenter boy. Mm. And he seems completely devoted to whatever Joseph Smith wants to do, because he's a desperate man in desperate times. And so Joseph Smith tells him that he is, when he is speaking in tongues, speaking a very specific Adamite language, which means like the language of Adam and Eve. It is completely made up. And tells him that he has a very special job for Brigham to do. And that's to help him reinvade Missouri. And that's where we're going to leave off. But before I leave you today, I want to read you a quote from the churchofjesuschrist.org site article on Brigham Young, because we just covered a whole bunch of stuff today Mm -hmm. in this episode. This is the first two sentences of their entry on, on Brigham Young. Brigham Young was born June 1st, 1801 in Whittingham, Vermont in 1835, three years after joining the church, he was called to the quorum of the 12 apostles. (laughs) They literally skipped everything we talked about today. I just thought that was fun.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's easier. (laughs) It's easier to mythologize if they, if the a, if he really just not like me for real.
1: Yeah. Uh, Who
0: knows? Oh my God. What a fucking moron. I, hate joseph smith so much
1: understandable man like understandable and and again i know brigham young comes out of this episode looking good he's gonna do some fucked up shit later do not get me wrong but i think it's really interesting to look at like his life is kind of normal 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 and then all of a sudden he's like i'm going to fucking ohio (laughs) and we're gonna invade missouri such a
0: weird such a weird little thing um God, yeah. Well, Paige, thank you for bringing this to to me. So now I have this rattling around in my brain. It's in your head now. Ah, uh, Christ! What a fun episode. Hey, look, if you're out there and you had a good time and you want to help, uh, Paige get a house, <laughs> go to Patreon.com/slash/ColdPodcast. <laughs> um, and hey, if you want to follow me on social media, you can at Mondo Does stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word uh you can find me on instagram twitter tw- uh, twitch TikTok, all that fun stuff i promise i'm gonna start streaming more once things normalize for me at my work job um but yeah uh i might be doing some stand-up i know that i'm going to boston in the march 23rd to the 26th for pax east so if you're going to PAX East, if you're a fucking little nerd who wants to learn about video games like I am, then uh, hit me up and I'll see you over there. Um, to the rest of you, follow me and thank you and I love you and good night and good luck. Goodbye.
1: Hey, it's your girl. You hear my voice every week. Uh, if you want to hear more of my voice, listen to Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. If you like my brain but not my voice, listen to Ship Hits the Fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, If you want to see me live, March 23rd, Culver City, Jam in the Van. I will be roast battling in the Bay versus L.A. Uh, Little mini, not really a tournament, just like an exhibition show. Uh, I am unfortunately battling as a traitor. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, But then also Panic Fest, April 15th. Then when I come back from Panic Fest, April 20th. I will be battling at Cobbs in San Francisco. So if you are in the Bay, that'll be the time to go. Uh, and then I have a few other dates for other things happening after. I'll post them on social media. Uh, but for right now, those are the important ones to remember. And you can follow me at Paige Wesley on Twitter, or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok. I love you so much. Bye.
0: Yeah, and you can watch. I think we talked about this before, but you can go watch uh, uh, the Tubi documentary that Paige and branded I branded and in. brainwashed. Branded and brainwashed. That is available now on Tubi. It is not a funny, a funny documentary. No,
1: they cut out every funny thing we said. Yeah,
0: which uh, understandably so. And the thing that I said that they should and should do, and that I would not be offended by. <laughs> Uh, yeah
1: no for sure we definitely encourage that although i was mad that we lost the story about how he's not a karate champion uh, uh but you know whatever
0: that's a major bummer um but yeah go go watch that and then uh, hey if you want to follow us on social media you can at cult podcast on instagram or on twitter at cult podcast show you can also send us an email to cult podcast show
1: at gmail.com And if you want to send us a spiral sliced ham, Mm. you should send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, Like Like the Shining, shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink anything ham hands you you can't trust him
0: <laughs> yeah because he's gonna get you drunk and make fun of you or molest you it seems or
1: molest you it's, it's unclear seems like unclear. A, a pretty
0: big awful spectrum
1: unclear i like to think that maybe he just drew a dick on his dad's face <laughs> but don't drink anything he hands <sighs> you and don't drink the kool-aid bye, bye.